You're listening to What's Literacy, brought to you by Literacy Quebec. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. So for Black History Month, Jeff, you uh, reached out to BCRC. I did. I did. A gentleman by the name of John Davids, who we're going to hear in a few minutes. And um, yeah, just a a quick background on the BCRC. It stands for the Black Community Resource Centre. Uh, it's a nonprofit operating here in Montreal, serving the English-speaking Black community uh, through different uh, community programs, so health, education, sociocultural, uh, etc. Uh, they also deal quite a bit, as you'll hear, um, with respect to education. And uh, you'll see in the show notes, probably the best way to go and learn a bit more about them is jump on the website. Excellent. Okay, let's, let's give it a listen. I'm a research coordinator at an organization called the Black Community Resource Center. I've been at the BECRC since February of 2020. Uh, But in terms of um, a bit more about my general background, I am a political scientist. Uh, It's been uh, my my field of interest um, and expertise of um, uh, over, over, over several years now. Um, So that's uh, a little bit about my professional and academic background. Um, I also happen to be from uh, a small country called Namibia in southwest Africa. So that's just a little bit about my, my heritage as well. So rugby, a rugby playing nation. I know that yeah, from uh, yeah. watching some World Cups. Amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, do you mind taking a minute or two to share with uh, myself and the listeners uh, some of the BCRC's history and mission and um, if over the time you've been there, maybe you can tell us how long you've been you've been doing that. What some of the big changes are that you've uh, that you've noticed uh, at the BCRC? Yeah, so the BCRC was founded in uh, or established in 1995. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of um, uh, placate the BCRC in, in, in terms of the wider history of the black community uh, in Montreal. The reason why is because uh, a lot of the history of the black community uh, in this in the city um, often revolved around certain key institutions. Key institutions including um, the Negro Community Center, uh, the Colored Women's Club, uh, Union United Church. And so the BCRC uh, is, is for me uh, one of those institutions that is, is really um, in, in the heart of, of, of the English speaking black community in Montreal. And uh, the main mission of the BCRC is to attempt to improve uh, uh, the vitality of the English-speaking Black community and improve the community, um, the capacity uh, of individuals within the community. So that's essentially, um, um, you know, a, a bit of the background on the BCRC. Um, I've been uh, kind of uh, in and out of Montreal. The first time I came was in two thousand. Okay. I came for three to four years did a little bit of schooling here. Then I left uh, and I came back with an idea to stay uh, for long term in 2018. Uh, noticing uh, that there's a lot going on when you visit the uh, BCRC site in terms of uh, uh, projects and, and whatnot, I wanted to know um, uh, what maybe you guys have uh, worked on in the past during your tenure there that is of 
uh, what you feel particular importance and, and, and a document or, or something that you recommend uh, folks interested in, in, in what the English-speaking black community have faced over the, the past little bit, go and visit. And, and if there's anything currently that you're working on that you're particularly passionate about, and of course, where to, where to find these. Of course. So um, I, I would I would point to the Black in Quebec project, which was the very first project I started on at the BCRC. Uh, it was an attempt to uh, map out and analyze the state of uh, com- the state of well being and community vitality in the English speaking Black community in Quebec. So it's really um, uh, a research effort that um, uh, was quite rare. There isn't a lot of studies like this. Um, but I, I, we felt it was one that's also really helped inform the community about what are the challenges facing the English-speaking Black community in the province and in the city of Montreal. I would also point to the Education to Employability study we did, which followed Black and Quebec. That was a little, a bit more focused, as the name suggests, on education and employment outcomes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, a, for me, personal highlight, uh, personal milestone with that one is that it was our first uh, French publication. So, okay. um, you know, even though we, we, we study the, the English speaking black community and, and at the BCRC are serving this community, we're open, our doors are open to everyone. And we really also want to reach French audiences being in, in Quebec, of course, um, with this similar kind of information and share research with them as well. In terms of areas of focus and um, support that you offer the community, uh, with respect to the, the team that's in place, which which I which I'm sure is, is a lot of a lot more people than you see on the website itself, are there any areas that you feel the BCRC has excelled or 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 something in your mind that you guys are particularly good at when it comes to helping the community? Yeah, I I, I don't want to kind of sound like a broken record, but I mm-hmm. really kind of need to emphasize the research aspect of it. And I think to be perfectly frank and uh, at risk of sounding even arrogant, perhaps, which I don't intend to, to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are at the forefront of research when it comes to uh, English-speak Black community in, in the context of Quebec. Uh, there's I don't know of any other organization that, that focuses on what we do. And not only that, but we also work very closely with uh, community members and people such as university students who are also share that interest of research, researching the community. And we try to really help uh, them access data, access information that even at the university level they might not have access to. So it's a real, it's a point of you know, um, it's a point of pride for me, and it should be for anyone affiliated with the BCRC. That difference that we're making uh, through through research. Uh, I also want to say that we have a job matching uh, initiative, which we're we're trying to address high rates of unemployment in the Black community by matching people with with uh, jobs. Um, uh, in, in Montreal, um, and while that um, you know, there's still it's still a fairly new venture that, that we're part of, uh, and there's still a lot of room to 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 find success. There's still things we could do better, and we're trying to improve on. Uh, it, I think it's very promising for me. So it's it's a great um, uh, it's a great initiative to be a part of, uh, and and something I think will grow over the next few years, and people will will learn more about. Uh, hopefully over the next few years. And, well. and that'll be an ongoing effort, I suspect, something that you're not sort of yeah. taking up for a limited amount of time. It'll be something you're investing in and, and building on, right, in terms of helping the community? 
Absolutely. And if I can also just say the last point to answer your question, perhaps probably the biggest, one of the biggest achievements, I would say, for the BCRC since I've been here has also been kind of how um, we've contributed to discourse surrounding race, surrounding racism in the province. Uh, and the nature, the way we do it, I think it's, it's really, um, it's worthy of a great respect because I think we, we take a very much a collaborative cross-cultural approach. We don't just talk to people in the English-speaking black community about the community, but we also reach out to other communities, talk hear, hear from them about the issues they're facing in regards to discrimination or, or, or issues beyond that, um, and, and try to kind of show support to them and kind of try to address racism and discrimination, uh, taking a sort of unified front, uh, cross-cultural front as well, uh, uh, and being quite... Um, um, determined, I should say, or, 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 or strong with the language we're using to, to kind of, uh, as part of this fight. So it, it's, for me, it's probably my personal kind of uh, favorite achievement uh, of the BCRC. That's amazing. Um, I noticed as well that you guys um, uh, share on, on the website and, and very likely work with a bunch of different organizations. You already mentioned universities and, and people that are sort of uh, leaning already towards research-based uh, uh, futures. Can you share a couple of the key groups or, or, or organizations here in Montreal or, or, or that uh, anybody that helps sort of on the, on the funding side from the government, just so people understand where it is you guys get your help from? Because I'm assuming the BCRC itself is, is, is run as a nonprofit, right, John? Yes, it is. And, um, okay. and we do have a few uh, different funders. Some years... You know their funding other years maybe not uh, we have gotten a lot of funding and still currently do from canadian heritage um mm-hmm. uh, we, we've also received funding previously from the secretariat for relations with english-speaking uh backers. um okay but i also want to highlight uh just the fact that collaboration is a, a very foundational or fundamental aspect of what we do it's something we take very seriously and, and have a great respect for so uh, I, re- I really love to kind of sh- highlight or shed some light on some of the other groups we work with and their expertise um, and some of what they're doing uh, that, Please. In, that includes yep. the human motivation lab as part of uh, from from the from the department of psychology at mcgill university uh, they've helped mm-hmm. us so much in terms of surveying the community collecting information about the black community um, and of course being psychologists they also offer us you know a, a kind of different lens or, or dimension to kind of uh, do our research, ask, uh, help us ask questions that we wouldn't have thought of before. Um, also yeah. at McGill, we work very closely and have a great relationship and growing relationship with the, with the faculty of uh, uh, dental medicine and oral health. So some people just say the faculty of dentistry. Uh, and okay. we've been working together on this social prescription project to kind of make the services we offer more available to people uh, who use uh, the dentist or go to a healthcare setting. So it's kind of like a project okay. based around um, references and just getting people information that could help them uh, in their life beyond just their 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 health their specific health or, or dental issue. Uh, and okay. lastly, I just wanted to mention the Quebec Community Groups Network. They've done a really fantastic mm-hmm. job of bringing um, uh, English English uh, centered organizations to to one table. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to be part of the data roundtable. Uh, a, a part of QCGN's data roundtable. I think it, it's, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, I really appreciate what they're doing and um, ha- how they speak and help 
speak on behalf of and or help mobilize uh, the English speaking community here in Quebec. Amazing. Thanks for that. And just so the listeners are aware, um, anything we reference in terms of uh, groups or organizations, and, and of course, the BCRC will be uh, linking to in, in the show notes, but uh, any of those groups that you've mentioned, John, will will make sure there's a shout out and a link to uh, either you know their department page or, or website so that anybody wanting to learn more after hearing this talk can, can go and uh, and have a look for themselves. So, so thanks for that. Um, uh, next question. I wanted to, I wanted to get your sense on, uh, since you've been there for a little bit now at the BCRC, how has the group itself, and you mentioned, you know, some, uh, with respect to, uh, you know, strong and determined, uh, you know, questions and, and, and verbiage when it comes to researching racism and, and, and the fight against racism, but in overall, uh, when you guys are, are reaching out to the community for feedback on certain initiatives, how has the BCRC been received by the English-speaking Black community? And and you mentioned a few standout moments with regards to some projects you've worked on, but um, in in terms of any sort of you know uh, moments that you can recall, where like okay, I know now we're making a difference. This is you know this is happening. And you sort of get a sort of a, a boost in in terms of your what you're doing every day and kind of, you know, put a smile on your face kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there, there's a lot of examples, but I think for me, this one is, a, it's, it's pretty interesting. Of course, just after I started working, the, the, the pandemic really got bad in Canada and there was a lot of lockdowns, mm -hmm. especially here in Quebec. Um, and uh, for us, it, with all the unknowing, all the uncertainty, uh, not sure, you know, what exactly what's going to happen. Um, there was a high, high sense of fear, not just in the black community, but I think more generally speaking, um, mm -hmm. coupled with a lot of other mentally distressing kind of realities that we're a part of, not being able to go outside or, or, or you know, conduct business or, or live your day-to-day -day life as, as you're used to. Uh, I think for me, I'm really proud of the work BCRC has done in terms of addressing um, this issue of vaccination in the English-speaking Black community, mm -hmm. or in the Black community more generally. Um, we held workshops um, uh, aimed to address vaccine hesitancy. Um, and the style in which they were done, I thought was extremely, extremely respectful and really the right way to do it, in the sense that we were listening to so many people's concerns. We had medical experts trying to address people's concerns and, and a lot of valid questions people have given the, the, the environment of uncertainty we were in and um, and had a few people who, who before coming to the to the workshops um, were were vaccine hesitant um, and after uh, were, were open to, to, to taking the vaccine and eventually did. So I think that's I love that example because it showed it's a very concrete one of how our work helped change behaviors in the community more widely. Um, uh, and, and how that had beneficial health results or a, a beneficial health impact for the community more widely. Uh, I wasn't at the center of that, uh, but there's a lot of mm -hmm. people at the BCRC who are who are who should be thanked a lot um, for, for the hard work they've been doing, as well as some other collaborative uh, organizations who took part. It's a tough subject to broach when, when looking at vaccine and, and personal health. And, and so, yeah, no matter what your involvement there uh bringing shedding light on 
you know, what the experts are actually saying as opposed to hearsay and then, you know, what's sort of uh, uh, coming down the line on the, the, the so-called broken telephone. It's, uh, it's, it's never an easy if, challenge to, uh, if, to face. If I can just sure. squeeze this in, Jeff, like sure. there wasn't the slightest, for me at least, the slightest sense of like um, uh, antagonization or polarization or blaming or down, downplaying the, the, the concerns of other people. Even though you could, we could see that in a lot of more kind of bigger um, uh, forums and bigger discussions, it, it, it really mm -hmm. wasn't that kind of energy at all, which is what I really appreciated about it. It was a, a place that took people's concerns very seriously um, and, and really respected the fact that people had different opinions um, um, and just tried to kind of navigate uh, based uh, using um, experts like the the, the the knowledge of the experts, people in the health field who are trying to address questions that uh, that people in the community had, and I think they did a really great job of that. So the tone I think was very key, um, and I think made a big difference for how people experienced that. Um, Excellent, that's a great example. So you were you were here a while back. You did some schooling, went away, and then back again working with the BCRC. So I think maybe this question might. Um, uh, might, might be a good one in, in terms of, uh, for better or worse, some of the personal takeaways or, or changes you may have witnessed uh, leaving, coming back, or even over the past five, six years since, since you've been back that have taken place here in, in, in Quebec with regards to the day-to-day -day life of someone in the English-speaking black community. Do you mind sharing uh, a few but notes? I, I, you know, on, when I first came to Montreal, if you'd asked me... Um, I wouldn't really consider myself identifying as a member of the English-speaking black community in Montreal. I, I didn't, at gotcha. the time I was too young, I didn't really understand the, the, the significance of, of language, um, nor, nor the significance of, of race um, um, in, in my immediate environment. So um, at, at best, I might consider myself an, an African Montrealer or a black Montrealer maybe, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. really ever even bring up my language. Um, now, gotcha. with the work I've been doing, that's very different. And to be honest, more and more people I, I speak with kind of talk about the English-speaking Black community as a distinct identity, a distinct uh, group of people uh, who share a lot okay. with the wider Black community, but also have our specific uh, traits and, 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 and mm -hmm. challenges as well. Um, so... I think basically consciousness around being a, a member of this community has kind of raised to some degree since I've been here. I think um, it's even been kind of triggered, if you will, by, by some policies such as uh, Bill 96. So uh, laws mm -hmm. coming up on language, which often are very controversial, very uh, emotional moments, but that also helps spark people's thinking about their identity and thinking about how these things will affect them. Um, so I, that's a big change I've seen. And lastly, I kind of alluded to this before, but the real the discourse we're having now um, has been progressing over time. Uh, and especially with regards, I think, to discrimination, racism in the context of Quebec, um, it, it's not, it hasn't been the same or stagnant for all these years. It's developed and I think it's grown in a, in a, in a, to, to some degree healthy way. Uh, I know there's plenty of unhealthy discourse, 
but I'm really trying to shed light on the healthy discourse taking place. Uh, and I, I really love the fact that that discourse is growing increasingly cross-cultural. It's not just black people talking amongst ourselves about this issue and each group talking about themselves about to, amongst themselves about their own experience, but it's a lot of opening up to other communities to, to, to kind of work together and, and take, as I said, a united kind of front or united stand uh, against discrimination in, in, in this province. It's you're right. I think it's it has not been stagnant. Um, you know, not everything obviously is good, but um, in in terms of the discourse happening, I agree. In, in a lot of different facets, as regards to racism and, and and everything in general, I think there's there's that hope that we begin talking more about things, whether it's learning about other cultures and and people and or issues. Uh, so yeah, I, I I seem to be on the same page with you when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to I, that, I, so I really for that. appreciate also Jeff really quick like the the um, the place of youth in in this disco in this discourse like you know I really appreciate that it's a lot of young people who are at the forefront of it and leading it um, uh, and it's not something that they're being talked down to about um, it's something that they're having an impact on the provincial discourse directly um mm-hmm. and and there there's a lot of brave young people uh, increasingly number of brave young people uh here uh talking about these sorts of things so they're not all sitting behind the uh the xbox, the xbox yeah. with their controllers uh <laughs> in hand uh, i i it, it's funny and you're right we we need young leaders and um we need them to step up and and they they can't be shy about it so uh, uh and there's a lot of you know folks and i don't know if i'm gen y or gen z or or what have you that are scared of what you know the future holds for the uh the the current youth but i i think they'll get a wrangle on it and uh i'm encouraged to hear that your you know your experience is 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 similar in that regard um in terms of uh your take on on the youth uh, the youth these days it's it's encouraging um uh, two last questions, John, if, if you don't mind. Is there any events or anything that the BCRC are putting on in, um, in recognition of Black History Month that you absolutely recommend our, our listeners consider attending, whether it be online or, or in person? Anything we can look out for? Yeah, uh, I, there's two main ones. The first is on February 18th. The BCRC mm-hmm. is hosting uh, a Black Animated Film Festival. Uh, at oh, our at okay. our office, our office is at sixty seven sixty seven Chemin Cote de Neige. Also on February twenty fourth, um, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a summit on the Black Family. That's being co uh, organized uh, by the the BCRC, uh, the Quebec Board of Black Educators, and the the McGill Center for Research on Children and Families. Um, that will be taking place at McGill. Um, and in the show notes, I'm sure I'll be able to give you the, the exact location. Amazing. Yeah, I'll bother you for all those details when we're done. And how do we get in touch, John? Yeah, so I really appreciate direct email and then setting up a discussion meeting face-to-face. So you can you can reach me at researcher at bcrcmontreal.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the work I've been doing and, and me and my team have been doing, you can simply visit bcrcmontreal.com look at our current projects, click on Black in Quebec, and you'll see all our reports. Um, and if you kind of want to just stay in, 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 
in the network, but you don't really you know, have anything to meet about specifically, you can of course join us on social media. We have a Facebook page called facebook.com slash black in Quebec. Uh, and that's the Facebook page I, I, I oversee. So awesome. you can reach me through, through that avenue as well. Amazing. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. Um, it was, it's been neat for me learning a little bit more about your organization uh, and definitely stay in touch. So uh, once again, John, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. And I really appreciate what you and Literacy Quebec are doing. Amazing. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks so much to John and Jeff. That was a fantastic interview, very informative, and I certainly learned learned a lot. Same. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a rabbit hole when you jump on their website, as I did in preparing to interview John and, and, and read a little bit about what it is they've done so far and uh, what it is they're up to. There's um, quite a lot going on, so I encourage folks to, to jump on there and uh, uh, with the show notes, uh, access the site and, and, and dig in. Absolutely, and I think uh, one of the main takeaways there, certainly for me, would be about the the discourse, you know, um, to, and that's what this month is especially about. I mean, we want people talking and learning about black history all year long, but this, this, like, February is the month when we really highlight that and try to have these open dialogues, and I think that was, it was interesting, uh, John's take on that, and um, encouraging, I think everyone can can take that from it, maybe. For sure, and and we joked, or I joked, you know, about how um, everyone seems to be talking about how they're they're worried about the youth of today, and how um, you know there's not much going on except for for video games and YouTube and 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 stuff like that. But uh, uh, getting that feedback from him in terms of how involved the youth in his community are uh, was kind of reassuring. So I'm I'm certain that's ha- happening elsewhere, and uh, as we get into more of these podcasts and. Uh, talking to different people, running different organizations about town. Maybe we'll we'll hear the same uh, echoed. Hopefully, definitely. And I'd I'd have to point out that I I got that same message in an earlier interview with Apathy is Boring and how the youth are participating and engaging in their um, society and uh, making their voices heard. So um, yeah, that's certainly a fun part of this job is getting to talk to people from organizations like that and to have it highlighted what the youth is doing and how positive the future the future is bright you know and encouraging and we encourage you to check out those show notes and those links and learn more about the work that john and his team do and to check out bcrc and the events that he mentioned coming up so i'm certainly looking forward to that so yeah all that information is there and thanks jeff for a great interview thank you neve We'd like to remind English-speaking Quebecers seeking free support and information for tasks that require reading, written, or digital literacy skills to call the Literacy Helpline at 1-888-521-8181. And don't forget to check out the website and our social media for the latest literacy events and news, as well as reach out, if you wish, by phone at 514-508. 6805 or via email using podcast at literacyquebec.org. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the What's Literacy podcast.